Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. My gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. I am really excited to have today's guest back again. Um, Edward has been on the podcast once before, and uh, today we're going to be chatting around offsites. And as we were preparing for this episode, specifically, I think diving into the question of what what, what difference it makes as a as a CEO or as a leader. Uh, whether you're running the offsite yourself or you engage with a facilitator. Uh, and so we're going to dive into that. Um, Edward, Amy, uh, welcome to the podcast or welcome back to the podcast. It is uh, great to be here, Jono. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoy these conversations, the opportunity to talk with you. And, and if, uh, if there's anything uh, I say that can uh, be a benefit to, to others um, in running organizations, you know, whether it's nonprofit, for profit, small, large. I mean, we all can pull a little bit from from other leaders. I've listened to several different uh, episodes of this particular podcast as well and pulled little bits and pieces here and there. And, and uh, so, you know, I think the more we share with one another, we, the, the better we make it. Absolutely. And uh, for those who may not know uh, much about you, can you give us a little bio of Edward, uh, you know, who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. So again, my name is Edward Amy. I'm uh, the CEO of a nonprofit uh, based in California uh, in the United States. Uh, it's called Jay Nolan Community Services. Uh, we're named after a long, uh, long ago uh, actor's son who had uh, autism. In fact, uh, so the actor Lloyd Nolan, um, he was one of the first celebrities to kind of publicly acknowledge and, and uh, announce that he, he had a son with autism. Um, Jay had passed away uh, when Lloyd had become affiliated with the organization. And so we had, uh, we rebranded um, in the early seventies uh, as Jay Nolan Community Services in his honor. Um, I've had the privilege of, of being the CEO here for five years now. Um, and I've, you know, I've run other organizations in the nonprofit arena. Uh, but uh, it really, it's, it's a joy and a privilege to get to do the work that we do and, and support community uh, and the changing uh, perceptions that, that, uh, that a community has around all its members, including those with autism and other intellectual and developmental disabilities. Yeah, absolutely. I love, uh, I love the mission um, of, uh, you know, what you guys do there at Jane Nolan Community Services. And uh, earlier this earlier this year, I was just checking, is it this year? Yeah, because we're recording this. It's pretty close to 2024, but we're still yeah. uh, still 11 days away. But yeah, earlier this year in May, uh, I came over and facilitated an offsite um, 
for your leadership team. So as we dive into offsites, do you want to talk, uh, I guess, start with talking a little bit about what we did in May, and then we'll we'll dive a bit deeper into why have an offsite and, and the difference between a facilitator and not having a facilitator, et cetera. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we, uh, so yeah, we went away uh, for uh, two and a half days uh, together. And I know I kind of have a, a particular structure I, I kind of create to sort of um, you know, set us in the in the mood, set us uh, apart, um, and uh, and we had a we had a great time down in San Diego, California, uh, which is about three hours from our our main headquarters. And then my Northern California team they have to they fly down uh, to be a part of that. Uh, and we yeah we we dove into uh, some key things actually, and I think was really really important for us, really valuable this last time in May was uh, beginning to build the structure of our next strategic plan because our, uh, our current one is coming to a close here uh, in 11 days, as you mentioned, uh, ends in 2023. And we've been preparing this year with our new next uh, strategic plan uh, with some really brilliant uh, uh, initiatives uh, that we built out of a, an event that we held as an organization uh, to get the input from all of our stakeholders. Um, again, something that uh, came out of actually our last conversation and a book um, called uh, Blue Ocean and uh, that strategy and that approach. So um, we, we got to, to really dive into that together, kind of kind of break that up, but also kind of take a, I guess, a real strong shift as a team um, because we'd had uh, some changes. We had a little, little disruption uh, in the team. Uh, we had a new member of the team. And so we, we, we went away together again because uh, we do this every year, but, but said, you know what, we want to, really focus on the, the cohesiveness of this leadership team because, it, you know, that's what's going to set the tone for the entire organization, um, for, for our teams to trust the direction we're going, for our team to feel confident in the work that they're doing because everything we do is in, uh, is in the field, right? There's, there's not a lot that happens in, in offices and buildings and locations, right? We don't have groups that come to us. We go to the individuals we support out in community. So we got about 700 employees right now, and uh, I would say 620 of them probably never stepped foot in one of our offices. Uh, they're they're out in the field. It's 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 a pretty amazing um, structure, but it's made possible by strong, committed, and passionate leadership. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, it is amazing how cohesive uh, you know the, the culture you have across the organization. Uh, for, for leaders who are listening who might be, uh, you know, lucky enough to um, to have everyone in the same building. And so I think in mm-hmm. some ways that does it, it makes it easier. But for you, you don't have that. Everyone's out in the field and yet you've managed to um, to create a, a really amazing team culture. Um, so as we as we talk about uh, offsites and we'll get into that kind of the, the, the key, I guess, um, differences you found between facilitating it yourself and having an external facilitator. But let's start with, uh, for those listening, you know, I'd love your perspective, Edward, on what is an offsite for you? For, from your perspective, when you're thinking about take a team away, what are the basics of what you're thinking and, and why? Because there's a cost involved. You're taking people mm-hmm. offline for two and a half days. Um, there's, there's literal costs involved in terms of you know, pulling people together and taking them away. So, so why do you invest in offsites? And and from your perspective, what what is an offsite when you're pulling it together? Yeah, that that's a great question, and it really is. I know it seems not even seem like silly or or, or even overly simplified for folks to say no, but you literally physically need to go somewhere else 
it doesn't have to be across you know the globe or anything like that but um in fact our our first offsite i uh, did here at jay nolan when i when i first arrived um we were just only maybe half an hour away um but it was a different venue different space um because you're really you're trying one of the things you're trying to do is create a, a psychological separation for a moment and mm -hmm. a cocoon um and that that cocoon is for the purposes of of safety in being being genuine, being real, being vulnerable with one another as a leadership team. Because on a day to day basis, right, we're doing the deal and we're 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 getting things done. Um, and I noticed, and I, I with this particular you know team, but all my teams, uh, if if you let that just run its course and you never really delve into the relationship that we each have, that doesn't mean everybody's got to be everybody's best friend that that's not what you're trying to do and and we're not going and having some trust falls and and all that stuff what we're doing is demonstrating hey i know where my strengths are i know where my weaknesses are but you know what i might have some blind spots i don't know and i need the people i trust the most that do this work with me on a day-to-day -day basis to help me see my blind spots so that i can take my strengths to work on my weaknesses and we do that together as a, as a team in a safe environment in the office with an office mindset, it's like I'm on. I've got to do the. I've got to do this work in this role. This is my title. Offsite, separate, a group, whether it's you know three, four, five, however big your team is, you're you're cocooning for just a simple amount of time. It doesn't have that one was a day. It was just one day. Um, but what I noticed is that there was a lot of value out of doing that together for a while, building that relationship, getting to know one another. A little bit prefer, you know, personally, but also, you know, much more deeply and richly professionally. And so I, I really began to expand it because I've had the experience of doing offsites, um, you know, where we really weren't offsite. We were just using the conference room in the building. And I'd done that before as well, way earlier on in my career. And I'm like, it just does, doesn't have the same thing. It really is people are on their phone, right? They're worried about what's going on because they're at work. So they should be working, doing the work. And it's, it, it does, obviously that's got to get done and we prep for it, but you really got to take somebody away and say, look, we're going to short of the house being on fire. We're going to put those down because we're going to spend this time investing in one another on behalf of the whole organization, which is back to your question about like, Hey, you know, what's the value in going away, spending a little money, the cost model of everybody being away. And that is that when we come back, we come back better. We come back a little more ready. Sometimes it's even with some some rest in. You got to build some some rest in as well for the team, uh, so that they can feel like they're not just on, because that's what you are on a daily basis. And I, I, I just think it's not a luxury, really. Um, you can do it inexpensively. You don't. Again, it doesn't have to be crazy expensive. Um, in smaller organizations, I still say, hey, go somewhere, even if it's a park. I mean, do something where you pull that team away and build that psychological cocoon for a while and, and go after some key things you got to go after. Yeah, that's so good. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, uh, I agree with everything you said, I think. And I think one of the key takeaways from what you just shared is that it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't need to take your team to the Bahamas. You know, it's like, right. I think sometimes people think it's either take them to the Bahamas or, or don't take them anywhere. And it's like, no, you, you, just getting physically offsite, half an hour down the road, even five minutes, step, like literally offsite, somewhere inexpensive, 
yeah, you know, for someone who's really got a tight budget, helps with that psychological shift. And uh, and and I think that's a great point. I, I wanted to ask you, say we've got a listener who's taking notes furiously and, and they're thinking about taking their team away, um, maybe half an hour down the road, or maybe they've got more budget and they're thinking of investing to, to take them three hours, you know, to, an, to another city and, and for, a, for a couple of days. And they're taking notes and their main question is, okay, well, what should I do with, with these people? Like, what are the key blocks for my first offsite or for my 10th offsite? What, what advice would you give them? Mm. I, you know, I think the, the first advice I would say is don't make it one giant meeting, right? You can do that at work, right? You can do that in your conference room and you don't have to spend the money on it. Don't, you know, you got to have some structure in it, no doubt about it. You're going to have an agenda or an itinerary for the time that you're together build in downtime in between, but ask yourself as a leader, if I've got this, if I've got their undivided time for two days, let's say, uh, you know, what, what do I want them to get from me and what do I need from them? And, and what you'll find interestingly enough is that, uh, out of those two questions, we'll start to also bubble up. What do they need from each other? Right, because you don't know that yet, but it will come as you do those two things uh, in your in your offsite time. Um, it may be, you know, I, I throw all kinds of things out. It could be grudges that have been held and you didn't know it, and that gets aired out and, and solved and resolved in a safe place. It can be misunderstandings. It can be someone who feels like, you know, what I've now been promoted past what I know how to do, and I can't tell these people that. Right. And then in sense, in that safe space, they're like able to identify really, okay, I think I'm overreacting. I, I, I got here. I should be here. Somebody promoted me here because they believe me in me. I just need this and this. And I know in my team here that I work with who has that, that I can mentor with for a while. Okay. Maybe I'm missing this piece, but no, it's okay. I belong here because you're being real with one another. And, and, you know, sometimes I've often saw this, saw this was uh, when I was a therapist, I used to say this to a lot of folks. We often compare our inside to other people's outside. In other words, they look all put together on the outside, but I'm comparing what I know about me inside. And those two things just, you know, so I feel like I'm inadequate because I'm looking at the outside of that person. It's like, hey, man, they could be a duck on the pond, right? They look cool as a cucumber above the water, but they are kicking like crazy down below. <laughs> and and a, an offsite together in an environment where they're, the people who report to them aren't there with eyes on, they can, they can be real and they can say, look, I need this from you guys. Um, and, and that's a powerful thing to ask for it and then to have team members say, oh, absolutely, man. I've been there. I've been where you are. I can absolutely help you with that. Yeah, that's so good. I, I, I think um, just to add to what you shared there, for me, it's when, you, when you're away, it's really one of the most simple things you can do is help your team understand each other better. And yeah. uh, some of that comes from just being together offsite and actually um, having a chance to connect. Like you said, building in some of that time to actually um, relax. And, 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 it, and it sounds uh, a little bit abstract, but that investment in the relationship and 
Um, that's why it can be great to do things like, uh, you know, different psychological assessments. Working Genius is a great one by the table group um, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty inexpensive that people can um, can find. And just having a chance, I, I think when you're away and you're, you're reminded that, um, you know, Jenny over here, you know, maybe she's not out to get me. Maybe she's just wired uh, like this and I'm wired like that. I, I think that investment can mean that two months later when when the rubber hits the road and you've got a, a a disagreement with with jenny you've done that you've invested in that so that between the two of you you can work it out rather than it becoming a, a big a big deal and a big issue and the other thing um I, I like about what you said is you know in terms of what you need from your team and what they need from you i think um a lot of a lot of leaders forget that their leadership teams are, are walking around with um, you know, they're, they're in their own space. And no matter how much you try to get rid of silos in an organization, if I'm the head of sales, there's something in me that very naturally is going to be like, wow, you know what we need to do? We need to invest in this sales thing because that is the number one thing in this company. And I think a big goal of an offsite is to remind everyone as a team of all the different things that are going on and 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 of what's most important you know just that reminder of the mission and um and what you don't see and what what doesn't come out in an offsite necessarily but what definitely happens under the surface is that person in sales as you're going through having these discussions working on that strategic plan in their mind there's a little bit of um, you know, organization that happens like, uh, you know, that the draw that was like the most important draw with that sales thing was sometimes that that gets shuffled down a couple of drawers to be like, you know what, that is important. But I've been reminded now that what's most important for us is actually this thing that, that we're working on. And that is amazingly powerful because then everyone goes back to their daily job, their day to day jobs, and they have a clearer and more aligned uh, picture of the company. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it, it's a reminder that we are an organization, not a simple, just a department, right? It's the difference between being accountable to the results that we're after versus I just do the job. Um, because those are very mm. different things. And one's not going to get you, you know, greatness. It's not going to get you to the place where you're, you're striving to be the best at what you do as an organization. Um, and, and I, again, because it's really like you pointed out with like, you know, a sales, you know, director or something, you know, you've got a program for me in my case with nonprofit, you've got particular program folks there, but you've also got operations there. And we, we as an organization, because I, I subscribe to this and, and, and really build it into our culture, we have what we're after called key results. And there, there's just three of them. And if we are hitting those then the organization is running. It's we're doing the deal. Um, and everybody, my goal is for everybody to be able to say, this is how I contribute to those key results. So operations has got to be able to articulate, see clearly, and then articulate how they contribute to programmatic goals. Cause they're, they're part of the key results, right? So operations mm. going, Hey, I got, you know, I'm involved in it and facilities and HR and they can go, and here's how those things support those aspects of program, which support the outcome we're after, which is the people we support are living meaningful lives in the community. By the way, that's one of our key results, that the people we support will be living meaningful lives in the community. And um, it's right out of mission. So, uh, you know, the, op- the, the chief operating officer can tell you exactly how what she does on a day-to-day basis contributes to that programmatic goal. 
uh, because of things like these offsites that we do every year. And it's, it's funny, at first it's, they were very intrepid. It's like, ooh, what is this? And now they look forward to it. Now they're like, hey, what are we doing? Where are we going? What do, we, you know, what do you got on? You know, it's, it's a, it's becomes a, a thing that they look forward to because we come out of it with something mm. new, something bigger, something better. This one, particular one, uh, this last May, was a real, real big shift for us culturally, uh, personally, like, like relationally, because um, we did a couple of, of big things. Like I mentioned, we had a kind of a, a stir up in our leadership team. We had a new member. Um, and we, we, we actually went to a new location. I mean, I did all kind of new and we brought you, uh, we brought you in to facilitate for us, which was a real shift for us as a team, but also for me as a leader. Um, and, and I, you know, I've got to say, I think, you know, for someone to be able to fully participate and fully pull from the, the experience as much as you can, uh, the CEO needs to let go of that. Don't facilitate. That's my new, my new thing. You know, my new, uh, advice to people have somebody do that, facilitate, because it was really the, the best experience for me as a CEO than all of them that I've ever done. Um, because usually I'm the one, you know, kind of I'm in head, I'm leading. And, and so it, that dynamic that I told you, that cocoonness of, of being vulnerable and safe with one another, yes, we got some of that, but we got it exponentially more when it was, because like, yeah, looking, okay, here's my boss here. He's saying this and he's asking that. And I get that. I get that now with much more clarity. Um, with you in the room, with a facilitator in the room, with those like having an assessment ahead of time and asking us to look at ourselves and asking us to 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 talk about you know uh, our strengths and our 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 style of communicate all those different things and go whoa no wonder when I say this and this and this to you uh, you know this happens because you're already ten things ahead of how to solve it. And I'm just brainstorming because we do things differently. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. And you go deeper, right? Together. Uh, like you said, so-and-so is not out to get me. Um, I've actually seen that actual, uh, thing happen with our last one, not so much the out to get me, but just a better understanding so that throughout this year, as we've been working, some of the shifts that we made just in that offsite, people see that, the, the offering that that person brings to a situation now differently. Like, okay, this is the part where I know so-and-so is going to come in and say the thing I need her to say because I, this she's thinking and I can tell. And boom, there it happens. Instead of, why haven't you said anything yet? I've been digesting all that you've been saying. You know, it was just so neat to see that difference. Um, the facilitator can also, you know, it they can ask the questions. They can poke here a little bit because they're not, so-and-so's boss or they're so-and-so's coworker, right? They're there to create a safe space, to ask the next question. And that's the kicker. That's what takes us to the next place. Um, and I saw it time and time again in our May retreat where we're like, oh yeah, we've all kind of talked about that before. That was cool. You know, okay, comfortable. And then, Jono, you ask the next question, the one we didn't ever ask before. <laughs> and everybody goes, whoo. Hadn't thought about that. The room shifts a little bit. People shuffle in their chair a little, and then we go, "Okay, I'll, I'll go." You know, and there's the safe, safe little bit, little bit risky answer. Then the next person goes a little bit more. Then the next person goes a little bit more, and then pretty soon we're having the real conversation we hadn't had yet. And I think that's there's a lot of value in in uh, you know a really good facilitator that can take you there. 
for the purpose, right? It's not just to like, okay, how's everybody feeling? All touchy-feely. No, it's like, because at the end of it, then you bring it back around and go, do you see, you know, fill in the blank, whatever, how this contributes, or do you see how this lets us loose to do this, you know, and, and it, it, those, those times where, where you just ask the next question, and then sometimes even one more if you're really feeling daring. Um, and that, that was really, you know, a game changer. And again, you know, I've got to tell you, my, my staff, not only are they, is my team asking, you know, right away, okay, when's our next one? They're asking, are you bringing Jono back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so good. And, and I think from the facilitator's perspective, one of the things I love about coming in and facilitating, you know, I, I've, I've led, I've led, uh, you know, offsites with my own team. And there's, there's the elephant in the room sometimes. There's the, there's the sacred cow. You know, there's the, the things right. that you go, um, oh, you know, we don't venture into that paddock. Like that's, I'm using a lot of different metaphors here. But, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, um, yeah. and as a facilitator, I love that, um, you know, when, when I, I think one of the gifts you, I can bring as a facilitator is to, you know, for me, that elephant in the room, sometimes it looks like a guinea pig. Um, you know, I don't see the fence right. to the paddock. I, I think, oh, that's really, we should really go and explore that paddock. Or, and, and I think there's emotional intelligence involved with doing that. And there's work I do with the leader so that we don't blindly fall off a cliff somewhere. So it is done with um, nuance and, and preparation. But there is, there's just something about coming in externally. You don't have all the politics. You don't have all the history. And so when something comes up and you hear, um, you know, multiple people share something similar i think one of the things um that you that you get from us from the from having the right facilitator is they have the ability to go hang on a second i'm hearing this theme and everyone kind of looks at each other and goes are we allowed to i you know i thought this was the the thing that we couldn't talk about and i know what it's like to be the leader in that space and and sometimes you think how do i how do i address this there's just it's it's just i haven't found a way to go there and as the facilitator i can sometimes just walk into that and um, uh, partly because I'm external, partly because of the unique perm- permission you get from people because you're not their leader and you're someone different. Mm-hmm. And also just because you haven't been part of all that history. So there's not the baggage. You can go there and uh, and you can help people sometimes walk into a new uh, or, or go through a ceiling or walk into a new level as a team. And and um, and that's something that's really important to me is for a leader to, f- to walk away from an offsite and turn to me and say, Jono, I, I, I don't think I could have gotten there. I don't think we could have gone there, but because having you in the room, we were able to go there. And now we, we're we in a new level. We're at a, we've broken through a new ceiling. And that, that, I think, is one of my favorite things about coming in as a facilitator. I can imagine it's, it's incredibly rewarding, you know, to watch. Because, again, it's a purposeful act, and it's a purposeful walk when i say asking the next question that we wouldn't ask you know as you've articulated it as being able like you know we're looking at it as the elephant you're like it's a guinea pig um i love that and and it's and i imagine it's very rewarding but as a leader i can say that that um it's also super rewarding to have experienced it to have it right to have given this gift to the team and including myself in that having done that um because then what 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 happens is especially like the like the first time you kind of break through something or like you say you talk about the what ends up being a guinea pig and is that everybody kind of looks around the room and goes nobody died 
<laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> we made it bigger than it really was. Like, we're all still here. Everybody's breathing. And okay. Um, yeah. and, it, and then that's, that's really the magic of the going forward. Because now there's been a shared experience of, hey, we tackled something together. We're all good. Okay, so not just May in my offsite. Now I'm in August with a challenge, and we're we're having an executive meeting, and this, and and people are feeling like, all right, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say what's on my mind, please. That's what I want to hear. And then you have the the riskier stance, you have the 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 tougher question, whatever, and you this thing doesn't take three months to solve. It takes an hour. Because people have now gone there and come back and have not been wounded or because that's the other thing that the facilitator being present does, especially mm -hmm. for, for, for a, a leader who's come into another organization. In my case, I came into an organization where the previous leader had been there for, I guess, 26 years. So you got a lot of history and a lot of patterns of behavior that I'm just completely unaware of, right? Because I wasn't here for it. Mm -hmm. But the team I'm taking in. And, and nurturing now to the next level, they have all had all that. So a facilitator steps in, asks those questions, does all that, but can even, can even allow a little bit that the team might be like a little angry for a second, but they're not angry at the leader because he didn't do that to me. This guy asked yeah. the really tough question, <laughs> right? Yes. But, yeah. but what's cool is the leader isn't like, I'm not afraid of that. I, can, I don't have to take that personally. I can see that that, woo, that poked on something. Let's talk about that. Right. And then the team comes around and goes, yeah, man, it used to be like that. And now you've got a shared experience in a different way, you know, and and the, the leader learns. You know, in my case, I learned, wow, holy smokes, I could have stepped all over those landmines had I not known. And, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, you, you and I've talked about this before. I, I, I am a huge fan of Simon Sinek, and I just think some of his stuff is so profound and simple at the same time. It's mind blowing. But one of the things he said is like, you know, when you're. When you're a leader, right? When you we are in charge, of, you're you know of something. You're not really you're not in charge of people, right? You are to care for those in your charge. And when the leader shifts that mentality, hmm. it almost an offsite almost becomes a requirement. How am I to care for the people in my charge if I am not bringing them to a, a place where we can safely explore? the working relationship that we have to get the best from each of us. You know, it's not me getting something from them. It's an us. And you don't have an us unless you purposefully pursue that. Yeah, I like that. I, and I do love Simon Sinek as well. His, um, his work is so good. I, I think um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Edward, for leaders who are considering working with a facilitator, I, I imagine one of the biggest uh, concerns that someone might have is this idea of maybe losing control of where they want to take the team or where they want to go. What are your, what's your advice to someone who's in that position? They're thinking, I would love to use a facilitator, but wow, I'm just, I'm just scared about it going somewhere, um, you know, it, it not ending up where I wanted it to go. What advice would you give them? That's, yeah, that's a great question. I say you, the best thing is to work ahead of time. Do your homework before, right? That's again, that's caring for those in your charge. Do your homework before with that facilitator. Give them everything that you know and where you want to go and why. And then you've got to be open to the facilitator in those conversations going, 
tell me a little bit more about why you want to end up there. You know, what's, what's, what's that goal going to get you from a business perspective, from a reaching goals perspective, or from a fixing a, a problem perspective? You know, what, what is it, you know, so that they can get their head around that. Um, you and I did, uh, you know, several conversations before, you know, leading up to the, re the retreat, including even the, the evening before uh, that, you know, we kind of got going in earnest. And, and to be really clear about, um, you know, where we want to go on behalf of the team, you know, to get in, in the mindset. And it's, I think it's important, too, to be, be willing to, to interview a few folks um, uh, to make sure you're kind of aligned. Uh, you know, there's some, I think, that are, that are a little bit more, maybe more aggressive uh, in, and it would, might blow people out of the water, um, you know, and others that, or others that can really kind of temper it, right? They can pull back, they can get aggressive, you know, whatever you might need. And that just really comes from knowing you've got a facilitator with a lot of experience. And you and I had a lot of conversations and really wrapping our heads around where we wanted uh, to go on behalf of the team. And I, I guess that's just the, the thing to, to keep in mind is like, you know what? You will lose a little bit of control. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, but you are investing, uh, you know, your trust in a facilitator. Um, and we had... You know, we had built uh, great rapport and great trust so that in the room, you know, you you knew when and where you knew, OK, uh, let's give that some space. OK, let's let's push a little bit. Let's and physically, you know, don't if you're a leader and you're like, oh, this all seems silly and stuff when your facilitator says, all right, everybody get up and the, the such and such go into this corner, such and such go into that corner. Do not discount the power of physically moving because it's all it, we're in it. We're you know, we're an organism and it's interrelated and you physically do something. That's why you're doing an offsite, right? You're physically moving to a location so that you create a psychological experience um, that people can get into. And, um, you know, and you've got to, you've got to set the, the, the tone with your team that this is so important for us as a team that I brought in a facilitator to help us go down that road, which is what I did. You know, I, when I, um, we started it off, I introduced you, I said, you know, full transparency. Why is there somebody here? Because this, this individual is going to help us and it's going to help me be a part of the team with you that, Hey, we're going to do a, you know, night to the round table kind of a thing today. We're all in the same room to do a, to do something to help make us better for the organizations so that together we go out on the same page and, and, the, and then our teams that we, you know, you know, serve can feel comfortable and confident I mean, there's nothing worse than getting a different answer to the same question from different leaders of your organization. That makes people nervous. <laughs> but if you are all working in concert and they're getting pretty much the same answer, they're like, wow, these people know what they're doing. These people, are, they're of one mind that we've got a direction. We've got containment. We're going to go this direction. They'll try to bring more, even more challenging questions, which is what you want, right? If they feel comfortable in the first one, they'll bring you this, the next more challenging one, and you'll get through those those problems. You'll get through those challenges that come up. Um, so, yeah, as far as like potentially losing a, a control, yeah, a little bit. That's the point, right? You know, if you can't let go of your offsite, let's say you're already doing them. You know, this is for those of you like, yeah, we do that every year, and I run it. If you're like really like having a trouble letting go of it and having a facilitator, I would ask you to ask yourself the question, is that how I run the whole organization? Like, do I need to be in control 
or am mm. I empowering my team, right, to do what I've asked of them? Um, and the facilitator bringing one in kind of does that, empowers the team to share from their perspective instead of maybe trying to figure out what it is you want to hear. So I, I don't like that. I mean, it's, it's easy. People want to do it. They don't want to get in trouble. And I'm real purposeful about like, look, I don't want to hear what I just said is okay. I want to hear if you have something different to say, because that's why you're here. You're here because you are uniquely you. Now, I may still do what I thought I, was, I said I was going to do, but I got your perspective first. So I at least had that to weigh in. If you're somebody that's never done an offsite and you're like, gosh, you know, if I get a facilitator, that's going to be expensive and all that. Um, you know what? You just look at all the things you spend money on and say, is there anything more important than the well-being of my team and their ability to deliver on mission? Hopefully the answer is no. There is nothing more important than that. And you find it in your budget, even if it's small at the beginning. Um, you know, but but you know, a facilitator and this kind of an experience for leadership teams, it's you know, it's just about leadership 101 now, uh, in my opinion, and um and can really, really launch your team. Because if you go too long without real, honest, genuine conversation, which you can have, yes, throughout the year, one you would hope to do that you know it should be a part of it nobody should wait till the the retreat to do stuff but you're setting tone um you're energizing right you're set, you're sending a message of value um and you know they they've accomplished a lot they're in a certain role you're acknowledging that um and and then when you make those asks of them as as leaders cuz leadership is sacrifice it it's it's not cushion um, and they need to know that and they need to be empowered. You can't give what you don't have. So you've got to feed your team so that they can turn around and give it. Yeah. Wow. Couldn't say that, uh, any better. That was, um, fantastic. And I think there'll be a lot of, uh, a lot of people listening and staring off into space as they, uh, you know, challenge themselves. I think it's a great, a great question, uh, for leaders and it's a hard one, but to mm -hmm. look in the mirror and, and ask, how am I, how am I leading? How am I empowering my team? What am I doing to invest in uh, in really taking my whole team to another level? And and that difference, I I think um, you know one of the things for for people to consider if you are listening and you're <laughs> you're just kind of uh, thinking about what Edward just said and 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 challenging yourself in that is I, I think a high performing leadership team is the difference between a team that wins games and a championship winning team. And yeah. we've all seen those teams that, you know, one week, you know, in sport, um, you know, if you think of basketball, one week they're, they're, they're absolutely winning that game and the next week they're struggling and they go down. And um, we all, we all want to build teams that are those three years in a row championship winning teams where people go, what is it about that team that is not just winning games but has such consistency and I really do believe one of the best things you can do to build your team into a championship winning team is to take them away, invest in them and break through those ceilings so that you as a team can go from a game winning team to a championship winning team. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, you know, my desire now is to, is to build a dynasty, right? It's like when people think of a mm. certain sport, there's certain, you know, teams that jump out when you say the sport name, you know, like football, soccer, you know, basketball, whatever's and boom, there's a team that pops into their head because those teams had dynasties. 
Um, and you're absolutely right. It's fundamentally different than just being able to play the sport. Um, and it's same for us, you know, in, in, you know, leadership is a skill and it's teachable. There are, but there are people who have like born leadership, uh, you know, tendencies, characteristics, those people should nurture that, but then take that and teach it. Uh, and that's what these opportunities are for. A good facilitator is a teacher. Um, and what's ironic is in, in many ways, you're holding up a mirror and really just teaching people about themselves. And, and there's power in that, right? It, you know, sometimes like you, the, the, the elephant in the room versus the, it being a guinea pig is really something oftentimes people have built up in their mind about themselves. I can't do such and such, you know, and you're like, yeah. why not? Well, I don't have an arm. You show up in a mirror and like, no, actually you just got a cut on your finger is all you really have. Oh, God, I made it so big. I made it seem like I couldn't do it. And you're right. And then when they blast through that, it, you know, and they're on the other side of that, you know, it, it's as a leader of, uh, for, uh, for many years, uh, my favorite thing is to watch the development of someone as they discover themselves, as they discover, I'm like, I can do that. Oh, I'm really good at that. I'm going to go and get better at that. And they start to, it, it's crazy cool to watch. And it also, you know, obviously is great for that person, but it's great for whatever the organization is you're at the helm of. Um, because honestly, it, it, if you're, you know, you're investing in your team and you're, you're doing these offsites and you're looking at your team and developing them, you're also going, who's next? You should be thinking about who comes after you. That's how dynasties are made, Right. Good coaches coming after the one that, mm. that retires and doesn't change everything there is to change, right? Unless, of course, the team wasn't winning. That's a different story. But, um, but you know, that's what you should be doing in the room. And, and so to come back to it, a facilitator taking on that mantle, taking on the, the, you know, the, the brain power it takes to facilitate the whole thing frees the leader, and in my case, me, up to be watching my team and going, I need to do that for that person. Oh, they're definitely developing there. I can see how much different that is just in a year, right? I can be present in a different way. So back to the question about the leader who's worried about losing control. No, what mm. you're going to be able to do is your job. You're going to be able to let go of the facilitation. Let that individual guide this team through so that you can see, excuse me, you can see your team and really see them um, because they deserve that from you. That's so good, Edward. Thank you so much. And and uh, as we wrap up today, thank you so much for sharing um, such great advice. Um, <laughs> as we're wrapping this up, my uh, my two year old, because uh, I'm recording this from my home office, my two year old is um, is shouting for me from <laughs> from the door. I don't know if people can hear. He that. just doesn't want you to forget anything. He's like, Dad, don't forget to say this. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I call him my <laughs> vice president of business development because he's so right, cute. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He's marketing um, gold. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's very cute, uh, little Roman. Um, so as as we wrap up, any um, I guess for people who have really enjoyed hearing you today, where can people find find you online and and, and connect with you online, Edward? Oh, sure. Um, you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm there, uh, just, you know, Edward Amy, A-M-E-Y. I'm happy to chat with anybody uh, that maybe have questions around this um, or at uh, jnolan.org, J-A-Y-N-O-L-A-N.org. And, you know, you go to our leadership team page, there's my smiling face. Um, and again, you, you can just click it and send a message to me right through there. Um, either way, 
Um, and uh, and I also I, I would strongly encourage that you know unsolicited I'll strongly encourage that um, you know organizations that are thinking about this leaders that may have had offsites that they've ran or even they've had offsites with other um, you know facilitators uh, to to honest to strongly consider you know interviewing and, and talking with you at Clarity uh, because there is a a brilliance of simplicity around it you can hear it when we're talking today that. You know, it, it, it was not some big complex, you know, you know, smoke machines and lasers. You know, it was a laser focus on the goals of my team to move to the next level. And uh, and, and so personally for me, I, that that was accomplished uh, and set us up for the next. Right? It's not a one and done. It's set up for the next thing and set up for the next thing. Um, so I'd encourage people uh, to, to check out Clarity. Well, thank you very much. You're very kind. And people can go to consultclarity.org or contact me at jono, J-O-N-N-O, at consultclarity.org. Uh, that's consultclarity.org. Um, if you'd like to to chat about uh, your team's offsite and, uh, and we can do that. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate uh, you and taking the time in your busy schedules to listen in. And I really hope there's been, oh, actually, I know from today from, uh, you know, there's been countless things that Edward shared um, that might've just been the thing that you needed to hear. And, uh, and that always excites me. Uh, but most of all, and, and, you know, and just to finish, I want to thank you, Edward, for, uh, for sharing, um, you know, kind of opening up a little bit about what it's like as a CEO to take your team away on an offsite. I think you've really, um, uh, you know, just challenged me as you've shared with different things as always, and, and also provided great value to the listeners. So thank you so much for coming back on. My pleasure. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time. <music>